We need to talk about ideas, good ones and bad ones. We need to learn stuff about the world. We need an honest, intelligent, thought-provoking, and entertaining review of what the hell happened on this planet in the last seven days. We need to sit back and listen to the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove. Dear listener, welcome back to the Iron Fist Velvet Glove podcast. I have a special guest with me this week. It's Chris Lamb from the uh, New Creation Church on the Gold Coast. So, Chris, welcome aboard onto the podcast. Thanks, Trevor. It's good to be here. Yeah. So the, the idea, dear listener, is that, well, we've done 138 episodes and quite often it's just atheists talking to atheists and agreeing with each other about stuff. And one of my New Year's resolutions was to try and get some different voices on the podcast and some different opinions and and, uh, well, it's taken me till now, but we've got Chris on. So, Chris, what I'd like you to do is just start off by saying um, what you're up to down there with your church, what, what it's about and what you do, if you wouldn't mind. No, no, no problem at all. Well, the, the church is about a year and a half old. Um, when I say that, we, 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 we opened the doors about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole the whole concept of new creation church is based on a scripture in Second Corinthians five seventeen, which says, "If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Or if anyone be a, be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away, and that means instantly everything has become new." Mm-hmm. So. It's based upon that whole idea that there is a new life, and it's a spiritual life, and um, and, and that commences upon um, a, commencing a belief in Christ. Is that when it happens? Correct. Right. Ab- ab- absolutely correct. You couldn't have said it better. Okay, <laughs> I've been doing a little bit of homework. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, and so 18 months old, you're on the Gold Coast. How many people are in your congregation? Well, look, we, we've got about um, 30, 35 people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when they all come. Yep. <laughs> um, but we, we get quite a few visitors. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, and and it, what it, facility yeah. have you got there? Like you've got some sort of church, a building? Yeah, we... we well, no, no, we're in, we're in, we're just in a, a rented hall, which right. which is in the um, Helensvale Community Centre yep. and Discovery Drive, and uh, so we we just rent the hall on Sunday morning, nine thirty, and uh, well, we get there at about eight, and we you know set up and uh, yep. and then we usually have, we do food very very well. Yes. So the idea being, we um we we feed people. We feed the soul and the body. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so, I'll get yeah. on to the tenets of your faith in, in in a little while, but I'm just sort of interested in yeah. the in the phys, in the mechanics of just running a church. Um, sure. It just fascinates me. So, how do people find? How, how would most of the people have come to your congregation? How would that happen? Okay. Well, look, when we started, um, and. Uh, I, I I was determined because I I I'd, 
I'd um, run a church before, many years ago, and that, look, that's a complete other story, which ended in me having cancer. Mm. Um, but I made a, a, a very clear distinction that I'm not starting a church, and um, some people think that this is a bit extreme, but um, because I said, you know, Christ started the church 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we're just basically opening the doors of something that he already started. Um, we, we, we contacted a few people, sent out a few flyers, um, put a couple of ads in just a local community paper, and that's about it. And then the, the rest of it just happened by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah. So when you say we, started. who was that? Yeah. Okay. Look, I do talk in, in the royal the royal we. Okay. Um, but but there was um, – see, I was a member. I was an associate pastor with another church, and um, a couple of people that I just, um, associated with there, um, we um, got together and basically – felt that this was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another group in Brisbane called New Creation Church, which we are loosely affiliated with. Mm-hmm. And um, one, of the, one of the people um, that lived more down this way um, decided that they, were, they felt the right thing to do was to come and join us in this quest. And um, so, so, you know, basically started with a handful of people that that um, knew about what we were planning on doing and felt good about it and um, came along and we, we just saw what, what would happen. We just waited to see what would happen. And for them, uh, presumably they were already of some sort of Protestant faith but preferred the yeah. model that you were offering. Is that right? Yeah, c- correct. Um, now, the, the model... Uh, I guess we, we, we would be. Uh, I know you asked me this before about the the type of church, and I, you know, yeah. um, but, but but it is what we would call under the umbrella. Um, our, our whole our whole basis is grace. We um, we teach and preach the grace of God, um, which is slightly different to what some other churches would would um, teach and preach. When they would talk about um, works that you've got to do things for God, you've got to try and please God. Mm-hmm. Um, we come from the point of view that um, there's nothing we could do to ever please God, um, and as we read it in the New Testament, that's really the message of the New Testament, which is called good news. It's called the gospel, and uh, which which actually means good news. So this is um, so, so the, the the people that we we got together with were of that persuasion. They, many of them had been many years in church, and um, a, a, a word that you um, may hear bandied around, <laughs> which is legalism, and um, some churches are quite steeped in legalism. Um, I was saying today that I remembered a guy that came to me um, after one of the services and he said, he said, um, I actually went out feeling happy, whereas all the years, most of the years I've been going to certain type of church, I've, I've walked in happy and come out feeling unhappy. <laughs> and because, 
And, and that's because the other churches tend to emphasise uh, sin and and damnation, perhaps, or things, whereas yours, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm trying to get a grip on this idea of grace, yep. but looking at your website yep. and some of the things here, I'll, I'll just quote a yep. little bit here. Um, yep. The very first sort of characteristic of a grace believer you've got here is, what we need for life and godliness has been provided by the death and resurrection of Christ. Our response yes. is to open our eyes to see the riches of the inheritance we have. And yes. just the second one here is when we focus on our sins, sin gets a stronger hold. But when our attention yes. is on Christ and his forgiveness, sin's power is broken. So it seems to me the emphasis uh, and the idea of grace is um, r- rather than concentrating on do's and don'ts, it's to just... Um, revel in um, what Jesus Christ did and enjoy the world as it is, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. look, look, look you, you're kind of touching on it, um, and and it's, the, 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 it, it's quite it's quite involved. I mean, obviously, we teach on this every Sunday, and it involves so many different aspects. Um, if you, if you start to open that door, if you can begin to walk through that door, it becomes just the most amazing revelation. Um, see, one of the things we say, Trevor, is that um, we don't try to be good because mm. we could never be good enough for God. There's one person that was good enough who was born of a virgin and, and walked in the Spirit all his life, and um, that was the life of Christ. So when he died on the cross, we call it the great exchange. He exchanged his perfect life for our imperfect life. And therefore, the only life that would be good enough for God was a perfect life. And that life is the one we now believe in and trust in. And we don't now try and um, be perfect because he's given us that, um, if you like, that spirit that is already perfect. And that's, that's when we are, as it's called, born again of that, of that what's called an incorruptible seed. Mm. And, um, so I don't this, know. just um, uh, Christ's coming to earth and doing dying on the cross, was that yeah. to absolve original sin? Um, he, uh, look, in a nutshell, you could say that, but basically it was, it was to, to take the judgment of sin. You see, the the thing is, there's two aspects of God. One of them is, is his great love. And it says, you know, he loves all people. He loves the whole, the whole world. That's why he sent, he sent Jesus. But the other aspect of God, and this makes love um, far more valuable, is because he is a truthful God and that there is a, a legal side of God. Um, for us, for somebody to do something wrong, it's never excused, as it would be, you know, in our law courts, um, which should be in our law courts, mm-hmm. somebody... 
somebody does a felony and um, they're, they're pronounced guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a punishment for, for that. So, so that is an, that is a, an aspect of God um, that, that is absolutely true, that there's, that there's no excuse for anything wrong. But there is actually forgiveness for everything wrong, for anything wrong, and that, that's able to happen because of Christ and what he did on the cross. Because he suffered, see, he suffered the judgment of all people on the cross. So it's an aspect of so, so when he died on the yeah. Just back backtracking though. Yeah. Um, um, okay. If prior to Christ, so for the people who uh-huh. were the, prior to Christ, um, yeah, prior to Christ dying yeah, on the cross, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, take people living five hundred years before then. Um, yeah. What was different about them that's different to us? Like, were they capable of 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 living a worthy life and ending up in? Well, I, sh- I suppose before we move on to that, I should say, is there, a, according to your faith, there is a heaven and a hell, or not? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Look, look, I do, I do believe in. And and without Christ dying on the cross, nobody could go to heaven? Correct. So the people who were living before Christ yep. died on the cross um, couldn't enter into heaven. Um, I'll take a guess, and they were waiting in a queue, and when Christ died, the worthy ones then entered heaven or not? Okay. Yeah, look, look, you, you, you're almost, you're almost there, um, waiting in a queue. See, the Jews actually had a place, and you may have heard of it, called Abraham's bosom, or, or paradise. And um, before, before the the cross, um, and it, see, it's not, it's not being worthy because nobody could be worthy. It's, it's those that believed in God. Now, obviously, people didn't know the name of Jesus. Before the cross, yes, um, but they believed in God and His promise, so that was enough for them to be to be counted worthy, not because of their own worthiness, but because of God's worthiness Im- imputed to them. Okay, and what if they'd never heard? Well, they might have been believing in a different God, you know, a, an ancient Greek God or something like okay. that. So. Yep. Uh, is that okay because they weren't told about the true God? So the fact that they were um, believing in a false God would that be okay? Look, look, um, it's 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 like this that um, in every heart God has placed a a, um, a conscience and a longing for the truth. So if a person follows their heart, then they will come to a, a place of truth. Now, you know, there's many gods that people have created, mm. which, which um, you know, I mean, I've been to India. I've preached in, in India. Mm. I've actually sat down and debated with Buddhists, which was, which was wonderful. Mm. Um, but the many, many gods in India, I mean, a guy can, can, can you know, have some sort of charisma, as we've seen in, in even Christian circles, like 
David Koresh, for instance, and they call themselves a messiah and they start, they, they have a God complex and then the next minute they, they start a whole religion around that. Now, believing in that is not the truth. Yeah. And, and, but in the, in the depths of someone's heart, and I've known people to actually come through to an incredible faith who have, who have never heard the gospel or been raised in a Christian family or been to a church um, because they followed their heart and God from eternity was calling them. See, I believe God called everybody from eternity. He's, he's what I call the eternal evangelist. He's, okay. And the evangelist is a creature so, of good news. So the people who were either living before Christ or yep. perhaps living after Christ but in a remote part of the world that hadn't heard the story of the Bible, Correct. They, yep. they could still enter heaven because of an innate belief in God that's sort of communicated by God to everybody, whether you've read the Bible or not. Well, co- correct. A sincere faith yep. in, in God and his, and his eternal promise, even though they knew nothing about it, because you see, again, Trevor, God is the one that's done all the work. Yes. And all he said, see, if you read through the gospel, all you, you'll hear Jesus never say, understand me, yep. like, like a lot of gurus will say, you know, you've got to understand. Mm-hmm. He said, believe in me, just believe in me, and you will be saved. Yep. And, and that's, um, okay, so that's my next point is, so I grew up in a Catholic tradition, and yep. And in the, in the Catholic tradition, it was more about um, doing the right things, yeah. uh, not sinning, um, going yeah. to confession to have your soul cleansed, and yep. and earning enough brownie points through good deeds <laughs> that when the day came, you'd yeah. you'd make it to heaven. And if you're lucky, <laughs> yes. Whereas in the Protestant tradition, it's this yep. one of it's not so much an emphasis on deeds as as faith in God actually existing as being the primary sort of focus. Yep, Am correct. I correct. Yep, and your church correct. is is in line with that. Yes. Sorry. As you would have heard of Martin Luther, because hmm. we just had his, his anniversary just um, last year, hmm. and. Um, he was the one that was was a Catholic um, monk and broke away from the Catholic Church and and um, nailed nailed his his thesis on on the um, the Wittenberg door, which was like, which was like a big newspaper broadcast. Mm. And 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 but but what awoke him was when he read the scriptures and he read the just shall live by faith. So so it wasn't yeah. to do. Yeah, this is this is my issue with Protestantism to some extent. Is yep. why does this God make it so important that people actually believe in Him and say, "I've created this heaven, and yep. and the key for you to get here is that you actually believe I am real." To me, that's a strange qualification for entry. It seems a very narcissistic God that demands people's belief and faith and I don't know a God that a more Catholic God for example that says well 
prove your worthiness through good deeds, that to me makes more sense than prove your worthiness by just believing in me. I mean, it's a very insecure God that demands (laughs) such such adulation, don't you think? It doesn't strike you as strange. Um, It's it's what it is is that he's he's made it so simple for us to actually enter heaven. Um, A child can actually receive this, but the problem is many intellectual people can't. Um, I wouldn't say it's based on narcissism because. Um, you know, I guess I, um, I, I, I guess that that's our view. Of we're trying to make God or try to understand God like like us. I mean, God is God is um, not like man at all. Um, he made man in His image, not man made God in His image. Although that's what religion has done, made God in His image. Mm-hmm. Um, so. God, you see, the standard is either real or it's not real. The, the purity is either pure or it's not pure. Um, you know, the, in the Hindu faith, they, they say, you know, you have to purify yourself because God is like a bowl of, um, I'm not, not sure if I'm saying this right, but something like this, a, a, a bowl of pure water. And if you put one drop into that water that, that is contaminated with, say, say salt or mm. you contaminate the whole the whole bowl. Now I came through I went on a search through Hinduism and Buddhism and and, and, and so on. And and I came came to this to this place because I realized God was so pure that, that nothing that I could do could make myself pure. No outward action could purify an inward condition. That my inward condition that everything that I actually actually did to try and become pure was motivated by my own selfishness. Um, so the selfish so, desire to enter heaven. Yeah, correct. Yeah, but oh. that, that I wanted I wanted for me, mm-hmm. and you see. But if, if you compare that to God and to understand God, I mean, somebody once said, um, to understand God, you'd have to be God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Because God, God in Himself is so omniscient and omnipotent that nobody could ever understand Him. But again, that's why He says, you know, you, you don't have the capacity to 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 be pure enough or to even understand Me. So believe in Me, and and that's that's only the entrance way. That then opens up. He gives us then His Spirit, and it says in the Scriptures, by His Spirit, He enlightens us. So, so you, you, you're sort of saying that um, understanding God is impossible for somebody because fully, God is... To, to, fully, is to, to fully understand God, yeah, right. correct. But, but the one thing you do have to understand is faith in God. And if you, if you understand that, then that's the whole box and dice. Well, yeah, but then we, then we have to come back to the fact of, of, of what is faith, faith in God. Yes, you know, because that, that's quite a unique thing. Ah, so it's not you just see, belief in his existence and what no, he is. Right. No. You see, because you, you could say, okay, we take the enemy of God as, as traditionally it is um, Satan. Mm. Satan believes in God. 
Yes, yes, <laughs> that's true. It's so, certainly not a part of him. Yes. Do you believe in Satan as, yes. a, as an entity? Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so here's a question. I'm an atheist, yep. and um, yep. and um, what will happen to me if if I continue with my current line of thought and pass away? What what will happen to my soul? Well, you, like everybody else, will stand before what they call the judgment seat of Christ. Mm. Um, and and because that, I've refused uh, and yes. and genuinely in my mind um, dismiss yes. this notion of God, yes. uh, I can't get into heaven, so I'll yes. end I'll end up in hell. Well, I, I don't like to say where where, where your destination will be. <laughs> I'd, I'd but, rather but say, according to the theory that you're working <laughs> on, I, I'm, I'm not insulted. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not yes. insulted if you if you. No, and I won't no, take it as no. a threat. But it's just no. But a... I don't want to. I don't want to give you fuel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, look, look. That, that, that is that is the final destination of, um, you know, that that what's called outer darkness. Um, you, you know, one of the one of the steps when I came to Christ was was that I went round. I was I was into Eastern religions, and I went round to tell this lady and and her husband. Um, who just become Christians, that I was doing the right thing to get to God. And, and she said these words to me, which I'll never forget. In fact, I almost fell off the chair. They hit me so hard. That was actually a, an emotional and, I believe, a spiritual thing happened to me, like a confrontation. She said, when you go to Jesus, he'll say, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. And then she also said, you're proud. Everything that you do is based on pride. And so I went home and I thought about these things and I thought, you know, I, I am I am proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything that I'm doing is, is you know, even even in my humility, I'm proud. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we joke and we say, I got a, a, I got a badge um, for my humility in church, but they took it away from me a week later because I started wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. I mean, I I wrote a poem. I love to write poems, and I wrote a poem about my great humility. Yes, of all the noblest ones on earth, to whom this world has been to birth, twixt borders stretched from sea to sky, there comes no humbler one than I. <laughs> Trait perfected down the years amongst the ones I call my peers. I've left them all so far behind because I am of a humbler kind. You know, what, it's, it's what, irony. One of my sons accused the other one of being uh, very modest about everything except his modesty. Cause he, yeah, cause yeah, yeah, absolutely. He based it about his modesty. Yeah. Um, so it's like, that, it's like we were saying that purity and humility are impossible attainments to any man or woman. You yep. know, when I say man, I'm talking generically. Yep. So uh, the other thing was, when he when you go to Jesus, he'll say, "I don't know you." Like for mm. you, what you just said, mm. that that's that. I I had to come to a point where I said, "That's what he will say," because I don't know him. Mm. You know, it, it was total logic to me. What What about um, you, you spent some time in India and looked at Hinduism and yep. Buddhism? Yeah. Um, from my point of view, there's the, the Buddhists have got a, a lot going for them. What, what, Absolutely. What, what? Why? Why not be a Buddhist? 
Well, I, I tried to be for a while. Yep. And um, as I as I debated with the Buddhists, one of the questions I, I asked them, I said, do you know anybody that ever attained the level of nirvana? Mm-hmm. And not one person could say they did. Um, I said, what about Buddha himself? Well, no, Buddha didn't attain that level. So oh, I thought he did. This... I thought that was... I thought he did and... and uh, that was the whole point. No, I, thought, I thought he had. Well, not according to the people I spoke to. Right. Um, and, and it seemed to be like this this ethereal, nebulous state that how do we know that it exists if no one has even been there and maybe come back and told us? But then you'd say the same about, um, you know, heaven and hell and the Christian faith. How would anybody know? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) Um, Jesus actually claimed to be born from above through through a virgin. Yes. Born of the Father, um, he, you know, he, he did the. Obviously, he showed great signs. If you believe in in that, but it's historically recorded. Josephus, the, the historian, records some of the things that he did. Yes. What year so, was that? What year was that? By the way, Josephus. Josephus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have to look it up. I'm sorry. It's been a long while since I've. Since I've um, I've got a book here yeah. somewhere, something like sixty, library. seventy years after Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so something, something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But okay, but so he, you've he said was, that he was actually around at the time. Okay, so in summary, Buddhism not as attractive because how would we know that there is a nirvana because yeah. nobody's ever been there? Whereas yeah. with Christianity, how do we know that there is uh, what's stated in Christianity? Because Jesus told us so, as recorded by in the Bible, and uh, yes. is, so what if the? But but, but, but can, sorry, can, can I just add this to yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Is that he said? You, you know, and people misquote this: the truth will set you free. But what Jesus actually said was, "You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." So. You know, and that was mm. to do with believing in him, mm. believe in me, and you will know the truth. So there's a, there's a knowing, and the word in the Greek is the word um, gnosis. It, it's it, it's not an intellectual knowing; it's it's an experiential knowing. But there is there there is an additional result added to that in the fact that he said, once you know this. The reason you know this is true is that you will experience a a freedom that you've never experienced before. That you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yes, but, but he's talking about a spiritual freedom. There'd be a lot of people, though, in other faiths who, who would claim the same sort of knowing. So, have you looked into, say, the Mormon faith or or Islam at all? Have you? Let's concentrate on the Mormons for a minute. Have you ever? Looked into what they're up to there and there. Oh, look! Look, I've debated with with Mormons, and yes. um, I've, I've read some of some of this some of their stuff. Be- because what um, I said to you before about you know yeah. why not Buddhism, and you said well, because Jesus has told us um, 
and it's in the Bible about, you know, what's, what, what we know because of the Bible um, yep. what Christianity has to offer. And a, and a yep. Mormon would say, well, we know because of the Book of Mormon what Mormonism has to offer and therefore we should be um, accepting and knowing all of the Mormon tenets and you, you, the same argument would apply, would it not? Well, the, the Mormons actually quote the Bible. But also they, the they Book of Mormon. And the, also the Book of Mormon, you yes. see. Now, now here's, here's where I go, would go back to what I said earlier, that even a Mormon <laughs> who believes the truth will be set free. It doesn't matter what title or what, what building you're in. Yes. The, the, the problem is with Mormonism is that it becomes a religious stru- structure and construct and, and people, to be a good Mormon, you have to fit into that, 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 those confines. Right. So they're believing in the same God, you're saying, and that... Well, well, well no, they, they no. can. You see, they've added Joseph... Joseph um, Smith. What's his name? Joseph Smith. Uh, Smith. Joseph Smith. To, 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 to the equation. Now, Joseph Smith, um, and, and I've, I, years ago I studied some of the history of the man, and, and mm. he, you know, he, he didn't come up squeaky clean at, at all. No, he didn't. But, and and so, so he would be not somebody that I would follow. Yeah. And he didn't die for my sin. So... So that's that the difference with, with, yeah. with Jesus so, so, Christ himself. So would it be the case you just don't believe the Mormon story? Not at all. Okay. So I mean, look, 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 look sorry, I, I do believe that there's, you know, that there's truth, that he did have a visitation. That it, um, really? That, um, really? You know, that, I, yeah, I believe. And that he had a visitation from an angel and that he, that he yeah. was, the, the, the golden book of Mormon was revealed to him yeah. and really? Yeah. Yeah, I believe that, but right. see... Again, I don't believe it was because just because people somebody has a spiritual experience, it doesn't qualify it as the truth. Because there's many different experiences. Yes. Um, there has to be there has to be some sort of formula that brings the truth to bear. Um, whereas just to have a, a spiritual experience or an emotional experience, people could be believe anything. Yes. And, um, you know, and, and again, start a, a whole new religion. Yeah, well, let's just briefly talk about Muhammad, for example. So yes. um, a lot of people would would believe that story. So before when I said, you know, well, why, reject, why reject um, Buddhism? Well, we've got um, the Bible and it's proof of the ideas in Christianity and... Mm-hmm. Uh, a Muslim would say, well, we have the Quran and the Sirah and the Sunnah that are proof of the ideas of Islam. Yep. And at some point, one group says to the other, your book is wrong. We well, see, I would argue with a, with a Muslim, as I have done and debated with a Muslim in the Old Testament, because it's the same Old Testament. Yes. Um, that, that they claim Abraham as their father. The Jews claim Abraham as their father. 
Everyone's um, stolen the Old Testament, though, haven't they, Chris? Like, I mean, Christianity stole it off the Jews, so or plagiarised it. Like, like, so, so if you if you're going to say, oh, you know, the problem with Islam is that they've they've commandeered the Old Testament. Well, Christianity commandeered it first from the Jews, didn't they? Well, well. In, in that mean, case, why not be a Jew? Oh well, th- this is this is actually what the New Testament teaches that that. You know, there is a new Jerusalem, and yes. it's um, it's a heavenly Jerusalem. So, everything that was there in the Old Testament, uh, I think we 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 briefly touched on this the other day, but everything was there in the Old Testament is is what I would consider the New Testament concealed, and everything in the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Mm. Now, that's either true or it's not true. Um, but when you study the New Testament, you go you, you can go back into the Old Testament and see the pictures of everything that was that has been revealed in the New Testament. I can give you an example of that. Well, well, well you'd have to admit though that there's a lot of conflicts and and there's some bad ideas in the in the Old Testament in particular. So previously you said, you know, entry into heaven and heaven by virtue of faith is is so simple a child could do it. Yes. Um, God's made it easy in that respect. But wh- yes. why did he make the Bible so complicated and inconsistent? And uh, why not just a straightforward, you know, five-page document that... In plain English, why why make it so hard and have some admittedly bad stuff in there? Okay, look, it's a fair question that mm. you've asked, but the problem is is that it's being asked from the wrong premise. Mm-hmm. Because you see, the Bible is not complicated; man is complicated. See, our minds, your mind, my mind, with without God is a complex labyrinth, an endless labyrinth of thought and and and, um, com- and a lot of confusion. And people are winding their way through this, through this labyrinth. But the Bible itself is, is one steady stream of thought that doesn't appeal to the intellectual man, but to the to the humble heart, or as I, as I said before, you see, Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. But, 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 but why, again, why make it so difficult? I mean, your church is based on 2 Corinthians 5.17, faith. Why, why tuck away the most important part in an obscure provision? Why not? Just make that front and centre and just say, hey, everyone, faith in me is what you need. And why allow such a complicated, distracting document to come about and confuse everybody if it wasn't necessary? <laughs> well, you see, it's, it, it's, it's not... If, even if you read the Gospels... I mean, I quoted Second Corinthians 5.17 because that's our particular um, flavour, if you like, um, but the gospel itself is actually very straightforward, and if you if you read if you read about Jesus again, the thing he yeah. said all the time 
was, was believe in me. And one of the things he said, it's in Matthew 11, he said, um, I thank you, Father, because he was having a lot of resistance. People were rejecting him and, and, was, and he, he prays and it, shows you his, it tells you his prayer. And he said, I thank you, Father, that you have hidden these things from the wise or the intellectual and revealed them to babes. So there's a, a revelation that comes when you have a humble heart and it is a very, very simple um, truth. Um, again, it, it says it says in Corinthians, it's all, all throughout the New Testament. It says it says um, the world by wisdom or intellectual understanding didn't know God, and it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching that it would save those that believe. So there's this thing called the gospel. He's, he's called Christians to actually preach or to teach, and and it's and it's a good news. It's that Christ died for your sins. Yeah, yeah just that, can we just get back to that? You know, when I, yeah. I originally talked about original, so Christ died for your sins. So yes. a baby, when it's born, um, has an original sin that is inherited from Adam and Eve. Yeah, we, we, we have an inherent nature that is that is from um, Adam and Eve, yeah, or from Adam, it says well, in the well, Scriptures. Well, well, but an inherited sin, if you like, that... Well, well, it, it's an inherited um, sin nature. Right. See, does, see, there's, there's two things. There's sin and sins. And, and, there's sin, which is a nature. Yeah. Does it just seem odd that God created a world yeah. that he knew in advance would... That, would, that, would, what, sorry? that he knew in advance Correct. would yes. would be would have humans mankind uh, blighted with this um, inherited sin, and and instead of just declaring, okay, I I wipe away that sin, he he morphs himself into another being of his son and dies on the cross it doesn't it's a strange solution to an infectious sin to you you to, you've, 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 you've um uh, i've stepped over a really important part there yep. trevor because you see we've got to look then at the at when man fell in the garden yep. because what when he created man you, you know the story of adam and eve yes <clears throat> Whether you think it's literal or not, the the, the actual uh, lessons in it are profound. That there were two trees in the garden. One was called the tree of life, and the other one was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so, what he said said to man, he he, he put him there because see see God didn't want robots. God didn't want um, people that would just do everything he said. Um, but he knew it was going to happen. Yes, he did because he, he's omniscient. But he, but you see, even in that, he he had a he had a, a greater plan. Um, but this is but my point. The, he had the plan. He knew this was going to eventuate. 
yeah. and and that um, t- his solution for for the inherited sin was was a, a crucifixion of of him of part of himself. That, that just seems odd as a solution. He could have done any number of. He, he declared, "Here's my solution. I'm going to." If he'd have done it, if he'd have done something else, you would have probably called that odd as well. Well, well, it's pretty odd recreating yourself into your son and ensuring that you get crucified. I mean, he could have just said, "Okay, everybody, second chance. Don't do it again." No, you see. Or, or... No, you see. Remember, I said before, and this is the point that a lot of people just don't get, and that is the justice of God. That there needs to be accountability for everything, that every wrong. And God never excuses anything. He never will excuse. But his love, his love came up with this this immense plan where Christ, see, when Christ was on the cross, he suffered the judgment for you and me. So he suffered. Um, it, you, that, that accountability was, was taken, taken by Christ on the cross. So that now, his only because only because God took it from him and said, "I judge you." If that was the case, now he he judged him. And Isaiah fifty three, mm. we, we 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 see he actually smote him, and 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 at that point, um, it actually says that the princes of the world had have known what was going on, they wouldn't have crucified him because at that point, um, they were also defeated. And that's why all condemnation went on to Christ. That's why now we can preach the good news that there is no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Because we have passed from death to life. And it actually says this, when Christ died, he, 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 we died with him. This is what happens by faith. When we, we died with him. When he rose... We rose with him in the newness of life. And, and so the spiritual life that we receive is the life that is commanded by God, whereas the, the life that, that Christ took from us was condemned by God. If you can understand that. And, and it's a thing called justification. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with it. But can I ask this, yes. Chris? Um, I'm conscious of your time, and and hopefully yeah. we at another time can record oh, another yeah. podcast. And I'm really keen yeah, I, I, to talk I'd about to talk to you further, the, yeah. the idea of Christ dying on the cross and why okay. it was necessary. But, dear listener, not too long ago, you looked at your podcast app and saw that a new episode of the Iron Fist and Velvet Glove podcast was available to download. Did you silently think to yourself, wait, a new podcast? I like listening to those guys. If so, then you qualify as a potential donor to the podcast. Your donation will help cover some expenses, but more importantly, your donation tells the boys that they are on the right track and to keep up the good work. A dollar a show is all they ask. Go to their website at ironfistvelvetglove.com.au and click on the donations link. What I would like to explore briefly is morality and and yeah. where we get it from then i mean what's <laughs> what's right and wrong in the world yeah and yeah. what we do on this podcast um chris is 
I just find different news items and articles during the week and we talk about them and say whether they're good or bad or, or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I'm just going to run some ideas past you of contemporary topics and perhaps you could give okay. me your view on, yeah. on, on what you think. So, for example, um, abortion. Does, does your yeah. church have a, um, a morality rule about abortion and... And how did that come about, if there is? Well, we would, we would say, I mean, again, based on Psalm 139, it actually says that God, God is creating in the womb. Mm-hmm. So if what God creates, um, no man has a right, no person has a right to, to take the life, whether it's born or unborn. Um, so, so... Based on that, we would we would um, obviously believe that um, in in pro life. However, I must say that we are not on a moral bandwagon mm-hmm. because that's not our mandate. Yep. So you're not about telling other people what to do. Um, no, but but at, at the same time, we would we would declare what we believe. Yep. Yep. So, um, so you wouldn't be actively trying to. Um, We're not going to burn down an abortion clinic. Yes, would you? you would know? you protest laws if there was a if the um, government was thinking of changing the laws to make abortion more easier or widespread? Would you be? Would you protest? I would vote. vote. I, I, yeah. I would vote. Yeah. yeah, but because it's my right to vote as a human being yep. and as a citizen. Um, but at the same time, you see, you see again, um, and, and I'd love to talk. We could talk. We could, you know. I said before, I don't have a lot of time, but you know, you you, you get me stirred up. I've warmed you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I could keep going because you see, this is the point. We don't preach morality. We preach a thing called righteousness. Yes. And God has not called the church people to be moral. He's called them to be righteous, and we can't be righteous. We can be self-righteous. What's the difference what, between righteous oh, and moral? What, what's the difference? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, well, righteous is, is, is having a right standing before God. That, that, that's um, so. So that if I've got a right standing before God, right, then I I will live out of that, and that now becomes my. My lifestyle. Now, people would look at me, maybe whoever, whoever it is, and say they're a very moral person. But see, we're not concentrating and focusing on being moral. You know, somebody said it like this: Jesus, Jesus Christ didn't come to make good bad people good. He came to raise the dead to life. You see, and it wasn't it was never his mandate, and it shouldn't be the church's mandate to make bad people good. But what it is, it, it, we preach a message that raises dead people to life. And, and you're not really that interested in telling people what is good or bad. Is that right? You're not really directing people as to a view of certain things as being good or bad, no, be, moral or immoral? That's that's not no, really your be, focus be, be, at all? No, not, not at all. Because, look, you know, somebody says a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. 
and 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 I could convince you that you know abortion is is is, is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, but that doesn't change your life. That only mm. that only change, changes some sort of moral aspect of your life, mm-hmm. and then you know then you might get on a bandwagon and go out and burn an abortion clinic. You know, well that wasn't God's intention. That's not preaching the gospel, right? So. So, so, can I, can so, I just quickly say this? Okay, sorry. Just so, well, take for example the Ten Commandments. Though, wouldn't they yep. be examples of of right and wrong and morality? So, you wouldn't be preaching those to your congregation <laughs> as as guidelines of morality. Um, look, the Ten, ten, ten Commandments are, are God's standards. They they forever will be. They'll never be changed. But in, in, when we come into the New Testament and grace, see, we don't live by the Ten Commandments now. We live by the Spirit. It's like, it's like the Spirit of the law is greater than the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever kept the Ten Commandments. Because, and, and, and just quickly, again, you, you, you keep opening up these doors, you see. And <laughs> yep. um, Because... When Jesus sat down with the, with the Jews and the Pharisees, he actually started with the Ten Commandments. He said, you've heard that you shall not commit adultery. They said, yeah, yeah, well, <clears throat> we don't do that. And he said, but I say to you that if you look upon a woman in lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. So Jesus immediately zeroes in on the spirit of the thing, the heart condition. Mm-hmm. He says, you've heard that you shall not murder, yeah, we don't murder. He said, but I say to you, if you hate your brother without cause, you'll be guilty of the same judgment. So in other words, hate, lust, all those things which are the, the spiritual side of things, mm-hmm. he made it. He, see, if you can just, just just let me finish. I'll finish really quick on the, the, is that he made it completely impossible to, to not only keep the letter of the law, but he said, because... Because of your sin condition, you're you're going to even if you even if you did everything right in that law, you'd still have a wrong heart. You'd still want to do wrong. He said, "You can't do it. You need a new heart." It seems unfair. Pardon? It seems an unfair test that God creates man with uh, physical testosterone and hormones. And then yeah, creates yeah. a beautiful woman, and then says, "Don't even think about, you know, don't even think about it." But you say, "Well, well hang well, on a minute. You've just you've just injected me <laughs> with all of this chemical, and you're telling me I can't even think about it." That's no, no, that's, no, he, no, he, that's not he fair. Didn't say don't think about it. He didn't well, say. He didn't. Well, no, he did. You just said that because you said, you know, if you no, don't. I said love. Well, lust. lust well, don't lust. You, like you've, in, you've injected. You can think about it. Well, oh, okay. So, the, so there was a difference between thinking about it and lusting. Okay, all right. Well, well, oh, thought, we'll put it this way: if, if if you become obsessed with it, right? Then, then you know, like like yeah. for instance, I mean, obviously there's a problem. Yeah. You know, like, like my neighbour's wife, right? Yes. It's um, and, and this um, and this is purely fictitious. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know my neighbour's wife. <laughs> you know. But but my neighbour's wife, you know, mm-hmm. this beautiful, beautiful lady, mm-hmm. and and so I, I see her and I go, oh, cool, she's all right, yeah. you know, and and then 
And then I see her again and I think, oh. So I go home that night and I start to think, I can't get her out of my mind. Yes. You know? So, I, I, you know, suddenly I'm obsessing with her. Suddenly I'm, you know, how far do I take that? You know, that, um, that that's what he's saying. Right. He's saying, so you meant an you obsessive know, um, lusting rather than just a, a passing unavoidable reaction. But, but you see, a controllable that, that he, amount. Yeah, and the thing that he was saying, and, that, and you said it correctly, it seems unfair, and, and yes, it is unfair, but a fallen man cannot live the righteousness of God. But, but if you read it in the Old Testament, Ezekiel 34 says this, he promises a new heart I will give to you. I will take out the stony heart and I will put in a heart of flesh. And I will cause you to walk in my commandments. So instead of us trying to live an external law, so we read these these laws and we go, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to do the other thing. God says, I'll put my spirit in you, but my spirit loves to walk in that way. Without even thinking about the law, you will you will keep the commandments. That's how Jesus did it. Jesus didn't keep try and keep the commandments. He walked in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, Chris. Look, uh, one, one, just a, a new change of topic and then we'll finish, and I really hope okay. we can do this again yeah. soon. Yeah, sure. But um, sure. just um, like your church and its relationship with other churches and organisations like the ACL, I mean, does, does the ACL contact you? Do you deal with them? Do you um, have interactions with other churches in many ways? Okay, well um, first of all the the ACL don't contact us, we're probably not um, important enough (laughs) so um, look if they did contact us um, look I I get emails all the time about um, about certain Christian um, you know issues and so on. Many of them, I've got to say, I don't respond to. And do you know why I don't respond to them? E- e- emails spend... from who? I'm not quite sure what, what you're saying. Are you oh, get many oh, emails from... From, other, from Christian organisations. Oh, I see. You know, right. Yep, yep. yep. Saying, saying, help support us in this, you know, pray oh. for us in this, come to this rally, yep. you know, da, 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 da. And the reason I don't respond, and, and I, t- I, I, you know, I, I speak to them, and, and look, they... Many of them are my brothers and sisters, you see, yep. but but it's a it's a big family, and the reason I don't don't respond is because I try and do I, I, if I did I, I could I could be run ragged mm. going around everywhere trying to be involved with everybody doing everything. So mm. so what do I choose to do? I choose to do what I what I sense God has put in my heart to do. As simple as that is, um, or as profound as that is, I, I I do the thing that's in front of me to do. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't. Um, I'm against what other people do. Everyone's got their own mandate. You know, God can say to one person, um, "Go, go, to, go to this town and and feed the poor." Yep. You see, we we we've been accused, and it, it, you know. Not, not not a lot, but when we first started, 
You know, well, we need to feed the poor. Well, I went, well, we don't have any resources to feed the poor, mm-hmm. you know. But, but you know, if, if one or two people come our way, that, you know, we, we might give 50 bucks to or something like that or, you know, and then try and point them in the right direction if, if, they're, if they're poor. We'll pray for them and all that. But, but we, that, that's not our mandate. We're not, we're not the Sally Army. Mm-hmm. We're not, um, you know, because we don't have the resources. If God called us to that, then he would give us the resources to do that. Right. Yep. Yep. Just, you just mentioned one thing in there was about yep. prayer. So yeah. prayer is important? Uh, yes. Yes, it's important, but not as important as God, the God of prayer. When I say that, see, when I say that, and, I, and, I, and I'll be honest with you here, when I came into this revelation um, of, the, of, of the grace of God and the sovereignty of God and how he rules over all things, I, I had a, um, an issue with prayer. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I remember um, we had some people come to the church and you know musicians were going to sing there and, and they said, oh, come out the back and pray. And I've just come into this, and 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 I'm. Um, I thought, well, no, I can't, because God knows what I'm going to say anyway. Right. Yeah. So, so I uh, <clears throat> over the years now, God has shown me that it's my privilege to pray with Him. Ah. That prayer doesn't prayer doesn't change things. God changes things, but God gives me the privilege of bearing His burdens. See, God could God could do anything He wanted in this world. God could change this world. God could do this, and but but He works with 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 His people. He works with man. And so that, that was, yeah. so people who pray, you know, that that they're going to be cured of a cancer or sure um, that you know, which I was or, by the way, or, or or upon entering a shopping centre, they'll find a good car park. I mean, from one extreme to another. People who pray wanting something from God, um, you would look down on because that's no. not the nature of prayer. Prayer is more a privilege of communicating rather than a begging and asking process. Well, well, first of all, um, you, you know, I don't believe it's a, it's a begging and asking. In, in the New Testament, it's not it's not a begging thing because. Yeah. As somebody once said, we're not the sons and daughters of a beggar king, and we, we, we you know, of course, he, he's not a beggar king, and neither are his sons and daughters. We, we, we're privileged. So sons people and daughters. who do that are mistaken, if that's what they're doing Pretty in their much. prayer. Yeah. Pretty much, and I would say that. Um, see, I have this thing, and, and again, I'll probably get in trouble depending on who who, who hears this. But um, you know that um, many many people have what I call a man-made faith. They mm-hmm. try and conjure up things, mm. but um, faith to me, as I say to say, say to the, the to the people in the, in the church, faith. I, I, I've thought about it for for many years, and I've studied it for many many years. And um, what I've come come up with, and what I believe the scriptures say, faith is simply saying yes to God, as he as he either writes in his word or speaks to your heart. So, when you see, even even coming to Christ, even believing, like we were talking about before, how how does somebody believe? Well, it says, 
how can they believe unless they hear? How can they hear unless one go and preach? How can one go and preach unless he be sent? So here's God's method. Send somebody to go to preach so that, so that somebody hears. But, but hang on, now, that's, not necess- you- that's not necessary, though. It's not. Oh, from what I said before. Yes. It, it, well, well, because God it, could just communicate directly. He, he can, and, and, oft, and often he, he does in the hearts, hearts of people. But, but more often than not, he, he raises up people like Billy Graham, who, who we know just passed away, um, and, and who, who preaches the gospel. And, um, and people then have a choice in their heart to say yes. When when God touches your heart, see you can either you can either go with your heart, Trevor, or you mm. can go with your intellect and and in your mind, and you can reason it away, or you can say yes in your heart. Now that's faith. Yeah, that's, and if you it's do a, that, it's a bit it like, opens up a whole new door. It's a bit like a calling, though, isn't it? I mean, some people think <clears throat> they have a calling to the priesthood or to become a nun. To what? Sorry, to the priesthood. You know, they, they feel they yeah. have a calling to become a priest or a nun and yeah. then follow that calling and then after four or five or ten years say, actually, I don't feel it anymore. It's gone. I was mistaken. <laughs> like, you, you can be mistaken in these things. It's such a nebulous thing when, you're, when your inner mind is talking to itself. You, yeah. could, you could be diabolically wrong. Well, the calling, good word. Diabolically, the, the 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 calling to ministry is is something different to the response of faith to, yes. to the response to the gospel. As I said, you know, the response to the gospel is simply saying yes in your heart, which is faith, and you have a choice. And you know, people have a choice whether they whether they will respond to God. And in the end, if if it's true that we stand before Christ in the end, or, or God in the end, right? Mm. And he will say, I spoke to you, but you ignored me. You shut mm. the door on me. Mm. I reached out to you. You see, all the time, the concept of God as being a, a condemning God is not true. He's reached out. It actually says that. He, he's reached out from morning to, to evening to, to mankind. He's called. He, and, 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 and if we look at the demonstration of Christ... He's led and died and given his life, the most precious thing he had, but, to actually bring man back to him who fell in the garden. But, but to me, that just paints God as like some sort of Donald Trump with a Twitter account looking for attention. It's, it's like you, I called out to you and you didn't pay attention to me. So that's, that's all. I, that's all I wanted. I called and you didn't, and you didn't respond. Yeah, don't, don't, um, that was what I was sort of getting in the beginning was. It just seems a really, um, a really, uh, <laughs> a <Twitter account. laughs> you know, a God that's got like a complex of just needing attention. Look at me. No, 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 because it's, it's not for us. It's not, it, it, sorry, it's not for him. It's for us. It is for us. It's not for him. It's, it's for us. Yeah. Because, because he loves us, you see. And, and do you know, in the, you, you know, in the, the, the scriptures, the New Testament's written in Greek, obviously. Yes. Yeah, and um, because the Greek is is one of the most profound languages, we've got one word for love. The Greeks have got four words for love, and so when when it says, "For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son," 
that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have yes. everlasting life. The, the word love is, is the word agape, which actually means a love that is an unselfish love, and it's a love that loves the unlovely, and it's a love that doesn't want need to be loved in return. You could spit in its face and it would keep on loving you. The, 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 you, you. You write about it being in Greek and about the, the definitions and the words and, and the interpretation. Yep. Do you think yep. many of your congregation realise that, um, that the, the Gospels were not written, and historically this is proven, until at, at least 40 to 50, the first ones, 40 to 50 years after the death of Christ? That, oh, much that, longer. And, and that St. Paul... Much longer than that. St. Yeah. Paul never met Jesus. <clears throat> I mean, most people... You know, we can see today how a story gets changed within a few hours or days. You know, sure. villains become good guys and vice versa. And, yeah. uh, you know, a story could have changed enormously as it was passed down for 60, 70 years before... Yeah, uh, the gospels were then written, and yeah, that, see, that doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't we, help the credibility we, of the gospels, does it? We 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 joke. I mean, sometimes I joke and I say, you know, you know, Jesus only only spoke from the New Testament, yeah. you know, and and of course people f- sort of look and they go, hang on, that can't be right because it wasn't written, <laughs> you know, yeah. and and of course Paul Paul wrote the epistles. Um, or letters, the letters to the churches, yeah. um, which, which, which formulate probably two thirds of the new of the New Testament, because Paul was instructing in in, in, in all of this. Yes, but he's the one I who came up that, with the idea of of original sin and Christ's death was absolving that. Right, that was Paul. Am I correct? Correct. Well, not not necessarily. And, and look, the word original sin doesn't doesn't actually exist in the, in the New Testament. It doesn't it doesn't exist. Yeah, but it so, was Paul's sort of reasoning for for Christ coming. No, well, well he, he talks about the Adamic nature. He, yeah. he talks about uh, about sin nature, and and yeah, but, yeah. but 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 just on 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 what what you what you were saying, mm. you know that um, what were you saying now? The the, the Bible is. Uh, loses credibility because of how oh, yes. how long yeah. it was written after the events. Yeah. Now, you see, because Christ and the apostles and the disciples after him, they preached from the Old Testament because it was it was the Old Testament. Now, the credibility could goes back to to the Old Testament, and and it's all written. The, the gospels written in the Old Testament. Abraham, it says, was the father of of faith. Mm. It, it wasn't the fact that he did anything. In fact, if you look at his life, he did everything wrong. Mm. But he, Very much but so. He, but he believed, and it says he believed to righteousness, and, and he became righteousness righteous because he actually believed God, did, and God declared him to be righteous because he believed in him. And yeah. he became the father of the faithful, it says, or, or those, those that believe. Do, do, you, do you preach the story of Abraham about to kill his son at all? <clears throat> um, look, I, I haven't. Um, I, I haven't. I don't know if I've ever ever preached it. I've touched mm-hmm. on it. I've, 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 yeah, but, do, but it, do, you, it, do you ever condemn him for that? Um, no, because he didn't actually kill him. 
but he was going to. But, but can, can you see what a pattern that is? Can, can, can you see what a what, what, what a type of, of of that is, or what an example of that uh, of, 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 of that story is? That uh. the father, the father, put sacrificing his son. Isaac Isaac is is the, one of the purest pictures of Christ himself in the Old Testament. Abraham being the father, about to sacrifice his son, which is exactly what what he did for us. Yeah, I mean, see, on on one level, um, someone like yourself sort of paints the picture of something glorious, but on another level, it's a really uh, awful scene. Yeah, and and again... Of a God who, who tests a man... And plays with him. And again, it, it, like I mean, that. this is a this is a circular argument because again, it says it says in Corinthians that um, it's foolishness to those that don't believe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and it is, you know, because I've got you there. <laughs> and, well, you and, couldn't and possibly fact. understand, Trevor, unless you committed yourself to well, yeah, to, to, and, and, to faith, and, and, essentially. And look, I I don't mean to be, you know, if I can say this, yeah, yeah. It's, smarter. I know, it's, it's, it's the catch-22. You, you, you couldn't possibly believe unless you believed. Yeah. So. But can, can, I, can, I just, can I just say, say this? Like, Jesus on the cross was actually outlined in the, in, in the Old Testament. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 Where was that? And that is, well, in, in, the, in the Passover, in the book of Ex- Exodus, I think, chapter 11, I think it is, <clears throat> um, where it, where it talks where it talks of the Passover, the Jews are in Egypt. Moses is trying to get them out of Egypt, and actually, Pharaoh won't let them. Actually, do you believe that that the Jews were in Egypt in the story yeah, of Moses? Yeah. And do you, do you know yeah. that historically there's no evidence of uh, through DNA and through archaeological studies of of a Jewish um, uh, tribe. At all in Egypt? Are you aware of that? No, at all? Anyone ever no, said I didn't that? Know. I didn't know that. No, and um, and I, I, I see. I don't actually believe that. But um, but can, can I just can I let's assume that they were? And can I just yep. finish finish it? Yeah, chap- Exodus chapter eleven. I, I think it's eleven. Hang on one sec. Exodus. <clears throat> see now, I've got you reading the Bible. Well, I'm, I've opened my version, which is titled "The Skeptics' Annotated yeah, ex, Bible." <laughs> ex, ex, Exodus, Exodus, um, Exodus twelve, mm-hmm. actually, Exodus twelve. Now, the verse. <clears throat> oh well, the, the story of the Passover is all through oh, it. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. If, if you get to verse seven, this is this is what the point that I that I want to make mm-hmm. is that. Is that God said, okay, to get the to get the children of Israel out of out of Egypt, mm. that um, there's um, I'm going to send the angel of death, and the firstborn of every house will be will will be destroyed. Mm. Now, now he said, the people, or, or the the Jewish people, he he gave the command to, and again it was all those that believed. Because I think many many Egyptians would have believed as well and gone with gone with the Jewish people in that point. He said, "You, you take a lamb, and that's a spotless lamb, a, a year old lamb, without blemish, 
and you sacrifice it. You take the blood and you put the blood on the on the top of the doorpost and the two lentils. Mm-hmm. And 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 the angel of death will pass over. That's where the word Passover yes. comes from. Yep. It it'll see that blood, and it will say, that "This is my interpretation now that a son has already died in that house." Now, here's the thing: that um, see, when Jesus turned up for his public ministry and John the Baptist was baptizing, remember, remember, he said, "Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world." So he called Jesus the Lamb, and Jesus himself is acknowledged as the Lamb that was slain, it says before the foundation of the world, but the Lamb, now, here was a thing thousands of years before Christ ever walked the face of the earth, when they put the blood on the, the, the top of the doorpost and the two sides, the blood actually ran down to the bottom, mm-hmm. and it made a cross. It actually was a symbol of a cross. Well, the Jews hang on, had hang on. No it idea. would be a cross with two uprights. And two uprights? What, what, what do you well, mean? Well, uh, they, shall no, take they, the, the, they shall take the blood and strike yeah. it on the two side posts and on the upper two door post posts. of the houses. Yeah. So that would be... Yeah. That would be the support, two supporting posts, and the and the lentil across the top. So that's correct. That, yeah. Whereas a cross has one upright and a cross beam, this actually would paint two uprights with a, with a post like <laughs> well, that. That took no seriously, Chris. That's not that's not a cross. Well, it it is it is in the set. Okay. I see where you're coming from. That, that, that on, on, on the two side posts, it, it would have it would have dribbled down, right? Well, well, well not top, dribbled. It, it was actually it, painted on the side posts, so the vertical side yeah, posts are painted. Yeah, on, 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 yeah, which which was which was symbolic of the two ends of the cross. The two, so so this is where I'm coming from. The two sides of the cross, two left left hand and right hand, and then and then at the top, dripped to the bottom. So there you have your, your cross shape. No, no, if we've got a doorway, and, and we've, yeah. which is what we've got, and we're painting the left post and the right post, and the they slapped and, it on, yeah, they, yeah, and 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 the and the connecting piece between the two at the top, yes, that's an upside down U. That's, that's <laughs> that doesn't look like a cross at all. No, if it drops, if, if it if it drips from the top to the bottom, you you would have the blood at the foot, and then okay. you'd have the, the blood on the on the two sides. We'll let the dear listeners to the podcast imagine what we're talking about, and yeah, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Well, well, I, I I would say it was it was okay, maybe a crude example, but the blood on the cross. If if that is the the best example in the Old Testament of Oh, the of the anticipation not. of Christ and his dying yeah. on the cross, it's yeah. a pretty loose connection. It, it's, well, it, it wouldn't be the best, but it, it's one one of yeah. one of hundreds well, I, and hundreds of of, of um, examples of pictures. 
Um, I, I, okay, Chris, you know, here's, here's our homework for next time. So conscious of your time, and this has been yep. really good. I've absolutely yep. really enjoyed this. It's going to be one of my favourite yep. podcasts. So, oh, thank you. Oh, um, me too. Me too. For our homework, you'll look up other examples where in the Old Testament it sort of foretells the coming of Christ, sure. perhaps. And, yep. um, and, and I'll do a bit more exploring of of the new creation church and yeah. and other people give some feedback and and we could have a chat again at another time and also if you get into trouble about prayer you know you're talking about prayer you said oh, i might get into trouble about this uh dear listener on our website iron fist velvet glove where you're listening to this podcast there'll be a link to an article which was a scientific study done of some hospital patients uh, they had uh three groups one group who were being prayed for but did not know it, one group who yep. were being prayed for and knew they were being prayed for, and another yep. group who were not being prayed for at all as a control group. Right. And then they examined yep. their recovery rates and complications. And, and people were told um, the, the first names and, and the initial of the surname of, of the person, and they were told to pray for a a speedy recovery with minimal complications, etc. And um, yep. and what they actually found in this study was that the people who were prayed for and who knew they were being prayed for actually uh, had a worse result of the three groups. And um, it, it was a conclusive scientific study that prayer is actually harmful. And for your listeners who are religious and who are considering praying for people, they should have a look at that scientific study. One of the theories behind it is that the people who were being prayed for and knew they were being prayed for felt some sort of performance anxiety that actually didn't help their case. What about the, sorry, what about the people that, that were prayed for and didn't know? I, I think there was no discernible difference between them and the control <clears throat> group. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But, but again, look, there's many examples of, of people that have been prayed for in faith, I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm not yeah. saying there's no such thing as, as um, prayer that that um, God instigates, and that people are healed. I mean, look, you, I, 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 I don't know if you know, but I had cancer, yes, and I, I, I came through cancer, yes, and so, um, it. I mean, I I talked to God all the way through that, so you could yeah. say that was prayer. Yeah, but, but you know, and you could say it wasn't. It was just good medicine. You know, it could, you, you, there's no way of oh, knowing, is there? Absolutely, absolutely, it was good medicine. Yeah. I sh- well, I should I should send you my book. Yes, that would be good. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll 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 send you a message with the different links and things for the yes. podcast. And yeah, that would be great. Yep. I'll, I'll read that. So fantastic. I. I also suffered a serious illness, and I'm now in fine fettle, and I, I didn't pray, obviously. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. But, but God was gracious to you anyway. Or perhaps uh, there yeah. is no God, and yeah. it was just good medicine. That's the thing you'll never know, will you? And 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 perhaps, yeah, perhaps, but perhaps there is a God, and He was gracious to you. Yes, it's, it's, it's this is one of the things. And one day we will know. Well. Stephen Hawking, you know, maybe he now knows. That was one of the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a, noted, sure a noted atheist. But but perhaps he doesn't if according to his theory he just 
um, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. He, well, he doesn't know anything. He's, he's in, has no state of knowledge at all at the moment. He's just expired. It all so. depends. If, you know, like the God that we created mm. or, the, or the theology that we created, mm. um, if that's real, then that's fine. Mm. But if, if there is a God that created us, yeah. then, then we'll find out. Chris, you're great fun because you're just coming up with stuff that I want to, I want to dispute every almost every second <laughs> sentence you come out with. But you're saying it in a way which is um, genuine, and at least in my mind, you're not as proselytising and as in your face as some of these other Christian groups who insist on enforcing their brand of morality on the rest of us. So. If you were of that yeah. ilk, I would struggle with you more, but I, I appreciate that at least it's a softly, softly approach from the new creation church that you're yeah. exhibiting. So thank you for that at least. So, so Chris, that's great. I'm going to finish the podcast now. And um, yeah. dear listener, if this is the first time you've tuned in, there are other there's 138 other episodes on the website and we cover all sorts of current affairs and other events and please subscribe and listen in and um and and make comments so um so thank you dear listener for for tuning in and thanks chris for for being part of it you're welcome thanks for having me trevor well dear listener did you enjoy that episode of the podcast if you did i've got a favor to ask Uh, First up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing something at some time and you might be repeating something I've said. And when you're talking to your friends, say, hey, I heard this on this podcast and it's worth listening to. And maybe pick an episode that you think is a good one and direct them to it. Like grab their phone and go to their podcast app and search for Iron Fizz Velvet Glove and subscribe on their behalf on their phone and uh, and just put the word out. The other thing is you could become a patron and support the show. So if you go to our website, you'll see a link to Patreon and there are some different options for subscribing and paying per episode. And really the amount that you pay depends on what you get from the podcast. So there's different levels ranging from $1.50 Australian to, I think, $10 and various ones in between. It's really, what do you think it's worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Uh, is it worth more than that, less than that? Whatever you get out of it, because not everybody gets the same. Maybe you don't listen to the whole thing. Maybe you never talk about it with people. Maybe you really couldn't care less half the time whether the podcast is there. It just, it'll be different for everybody. So if you... Get a lot out of the podcast, contribute a bit more. If you don't get much, contribute less. But in any event, you can subscribe there. If you don't like the idea of a regular subscription, the website has a link to a PayPal donation. So you could just do a one-off donation every now and again. So there you go. It'd be good to uh, spread the word, get a few more listeners. And that way, look, if we ended up getting more listeners and more money, we could do maybe a second episode or more special episodes, provide some more content. So it's up to you. If you think it's worthwhile, let people know. Thanks.